Hello, welcome back to Blah Blah Rugby. We are here to look back over a glorious week for Leinster where we pulled over once again on our arch rivals monster to win our fourth Pro 14 final in a row. Uh, we're also looking ahead to the last 16 of the Champions Cup which start next week. As usual, I'm joined by the rugby expert Darren Jordan. Darren, how are you? I'm good, thanks Luke. And Darren, obviously, don't want to kind of take away from you at all, but you must be very excited to be sharing a platform with the king of rugby himself, Shane Warren. It's an honour. It is an absolute honour. And Shane, talk us through your wonderful, amazing prediction that Leinster would win the Pro 14 final by double figures. Where does it come from? Well, honestly, Luke, every time there's a Leinster game, you pick the other team to cover the spread. So I had two or three beers at that point and decided that I was just going to say the exact opposite and it was going to come true because, you know, similar to, to Colin Reese Samet or Colin Hogg way back in the day, I just, I, I see these things, you know, and especially when I had three or four Coronas, um, you know, stuff comes to me in a vision. Yeah. Three or four yeah. Coronas. Jeez, slow down, big boy. Can, can I just start off uh, by just kind of emulating what Tim Cockett always does on Twitter? And I actually, I actually hate it, but because he always before does that. Uh, yeah. Before, before you do that, I also wanted to say that just, of course, you can do your little piece, but I think the feedback we had from the fans on the last show was that we had lost our charm of being fast and loose, um, paying little attention to social norms, political correctness, or any sort of kind of coherent kind of way of thinking. And um, we got too serious and too serious in the rugby. So to start off this week, I wanted to pose a question just to try and break that mold and get back to our more kind of fast and loose roots. So Shane, question for you. Are... <laughs> no, no, there's not enough. <laughs> okay, I think I might have to cut that part. <laughs> yeah, that that cannot go live. <laughs> That's not a good thing. You can't say that. And the record is strictly against my stance on the matter, where we clearly don't have enough in the Ireland team. Get Balan Coon okay. in there. Okay, well, let's, let's leave that one there. And Darren, let's, let's move on to your piece and your Tim Cockhead piece. Um, yeah, I, 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 I actually hate that he does it because he's done it like he does it all the time now. But I think it is worth saying for for this time. So I'd like to just start off by saying R.G. Snyman, Joey Carberry, Andrew Conway, Gerbrandt Grobler, three red cunts, Connor Donnelly, your boys took one hell of a beating. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Brilliant. Uh, yeah, he's definitely a closet monster fan, isn't he? Yeah, he is. So, you know, it is what it is. He's our, he is our one and only fan, actually. Uh, <laughs> I got it. I and, we, and we've lost him. <laughs> yeah, we've lost him, yeah. <laughs> um, Shane, um, so before we kind of started recording the podcast, you are about saying how we've had a number of beers before watching it, and, and I think both of our memories are very hazy. So do you want to give us your, your hazy kind of feedback on the match? 
Um, yeah, I think Craig Casey has a great mullet. Um, fair play to my lockdown has had a severe impact on the hair quality across all four of the provinces. Um, and we can see that. I mean, when you don't have those sort of basics correct, it's tough to execute the game plan. And, and that cost, that cost monster. I mean, outside of Casey, where were the fades? They weren't there, you know? <laughs> I, I think this is something the government need to look into. I mean, if we keep this lockdown going for much longer, we can't expect good Irish performances in the Champions Cup against other countries where you can go and get your hair done professionally. Word on the word on the slide is though Josh Van de Van de Fleer is a, a pretty good uh, barber in his own right. Well, what are you doing now? Oh, I just uh, uh, my mole in the RFU camp uh, uh, yeah. tells me he was doing a few trims uh, during the campaign. Oh. Yeah, inside inside source there. Well, Darren, do you have any kind of? Seeing as you're the person who's probably most ever watching the match, do you have any non-hair-related comments on the performance from either side? But to stick on the Van de Vleer topic, I thought you've you've been giving him a lot of stick recently, and I don't disagree uh-huh. with a lot of that. But I thought we saw back to kind of a couple of years ago what we were seeing the best of Van de Vleer in his like taking taking good lines, taking the ball at mm-hmm. speed because he's not he's not like strong enough to kind of power over the gain line like Roddick might be. So he needs to be like clever taking those lines. And he was, and he's also a nuisance at the breakdown at times as well. So I thought, I thought our back row were our three best players in the game. Um, Jack Cohen had a good game, but Reese Roddick, I thought was unbelievable. And like player of the season uh, for Leinster and in the pro 14 as well. I think he, he was unlucky not to get more game time during the Six Nations, and he just completely dominated the uh, the the Munster back row. Who were like, why wasn't Peter Armani playing? Hey, <laughs> well, he was. To be honest, I thought I thought Coombs was quite good, but I thought his standard was anonymous as well. Sander carried for for three meters in the entire match. Uh, Peter Armani carried for one meter in the entire match. Coombs, yeah, okay, he, he made a few, he made like one of the Munster's few, I think only clean break, I think uh, Coombs made, but he also missed five tackles, the most out of any, like that's not good enough for a back row, you can see why he was sent home from Ireland, Ireland camp, based off his performance, that wasn't any kind of like, uh, oh, let let him get back and play for a Munster, he was literally not good enough, it says my inside source in the RFU. That is very true. He's also a year older than Doris. It's not like he's that young. I mean, like you look how good of a player Doris is. Another player, Darren, on that kind of theme of kind of the criticism I've been giving Josh van der Fleer. I've also criticised Ronan Kelleher a lot for his finance running. Uh, and a lot of criticism, a lot of team my criticism is, as a player, you have to be excellent at your basic role. And there was too many mental players who weren't against Ireland. Um, and I thought he was obviously brilliant around the park we know he is but his line answering looked quite good as well and looked pretty solid um, against what is usually a very strong kind of defensive line out in Munster in windy, windy uh, conditions so as well it was windy it was windy Shane what did you make of the Munster performance generally did you think it was kind of where they are or did you think that was kind of below where they should be playing at the moment I think they have a mental block mm. Now, we don't watch, I don't watch a lot of Munster rugby. 
Although I do think their red is a nice color. Um, controversial for this for this podcast. But anytime I watch them and they're not playing Leinster, they seem to play much better than when they do play Leinster. I think it's similar to the block Leinster have against Saracens before Saracens obviously got relegated. We won't go into that. But every time we went to play them, they just outmuscled us and we couldn't play our game. And I think that's the issue Munster have when they play Leinster. Actually, on analogy, Shane, to be yeah, that, that's actually yeah. a really good point. Jesus, Shane. Yeah. <laughs> you, should, you should do these hungover more often. This is the most insightful thing I've ever heard you say. That's actually a really... <laughs> actually, completely agree. That's a great comparison. Like, the way Lenser played against Saracens, um, like, yeah, granted, we did throw the ball around a bit more, but you're right. We just kind of, like... Did like it's like we don't believe we could win, or we were really kind of worried about that. Where Saracen is so much belief, it's the exact opposite. And um, when we play Munster, it's a great point, Shane. You're welcome. You're welcome. I'm retiring. That's my good point for the week, guys. <laughs> I called a victory. I've made a good point on the podcast. We've talked about hair. I think we can wrap it up now. You mentioned as well they kind of was Peter Hanani even playing. There was a few monster players I felt like that about. I'd be yeah. to hear your opinion. I thought kind of Murray was absolutely shocking in that game. His box kicking, which he's supposed to be doing anything he's good at, was really poor. Um, I thought Byrne basically was completely nullified. I didn't, I didn't really know anything he did. But for me, the one that stood out was Deirande, who's a World Cup winner. And he just, like, it seemed like nothing was really, he wasn't kind of involved in the play. I know you can come and say sometimes, though, the game just didn't go down the channel. But in the form Robbie Henshaw is, he makes the game come to him. Whereas Dale Ande just felt like he wasn't bothered or something. He made, again, another stat for him. He carried for three metres in that game. A World Cup winning, like, like bonneting centre. Is that the word? Bonneting? Bonneting? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, centre. Uh, carried for three metres. Dan, what's your opinion of him and, and what, like, kind of the Munster star players yesterday? Like the, the the whole monster thing, like their whole tactic is like dominate a team up front, and if they can get that platform, then Carberry can like make make it happen and bring in the centers. But when that's not happening, I don't think Carberry's good enough to bring in the centers. So like we're not going to see, it. and especially when it's like to just absolute like run it up the middle centers in Diolande and Farrell you're not going to get like anyone who's who's bringing the wingers into the game like Andrew Conway is another one who you could say was he actually playing like he he did apart I think he knocked it on or he dropped it off the first play and I can't remember him doing anything significant in the match other than that and then Keith Earls had a few shockers um kind of raised the question that we were already asking about why the hell did he get like an, a central contract along with a few other uh, monster players there but uh, I've already lost my train of thought and I don't know actually what the question was originally one point I would make is that it it's funny like Carberry is kind of being shown up to not being like the out half one yeah. that Munster need like it would have made so much more sense for the way Munster play for Ross Byrne to be down there. I'm glad I'm glad now that he isn't. Um yeah, agreed. but I think the way Munster play 
Ross Byrne would be way more well fitted than Carberry is at the moment, and it, it's it's uh, I don't know. It's in some ways encouraging that like I you can't see Munster going like anywhere in the next few years, certainly under Van Graan. Um, but it's also discouraging to know that that probably means that like Lancer are going to have to give more players to them, and that's just that's just what's going to happen. Yeah, well, Shane, going to you maybe on that Carberry point from Darren. Carberry, I, I, I kind of agree with Darren's sentiment there. I don't think Carberry is the player he's actually been like to be. And I would actually think back to when we had him at Leinster and Neil Cullen and Stuart Lancaster felt he was more of a game, uh, like a game, uh, what they call him, playmaker at 15. Uh, and I think that naturally that's actually where his talent could be best utilised. Shane, what's your opinion on that? And, and also, can I ask you kind of a follow-on question? What have you ever kind of what what big game has Carberry come on at ten and actually performed really, really well in? Um, is he is he a ten? What, what is he, Shane? He's, he's a rugby player, Luke. <laughs> <laughs> he just plays where where the coach puts him. That's what most of them do. Um, <laughs> it's right back down to your usual levels there. <laughs> <laughs> I think you have a fair point. I think he is a good fullback. I don't think he's a brilliant fullback either, though. I mean, he's not like Stuart Hogg or Liam Williams, but he, he is a very good football, footballer and a good fullback. Yeah, it's one of those where there's no like position you could actually kind of pinpoint. Like he's a good rugby player. Like he's he's got a bit of flair to him. But you can't really pinpoint a position where like like he's he's good enough and like based off his defending at the weekend, like we were talking about Coombs, Diolande missing tackles. Jesus Christ, Joey Harvey was like a turnstiles in defence. It was actually ridiculous. Like Is he in the it, it was brilliant. Peter Omani actually got injured trying to like cover Carberry for I think it was just before Jack Conan's try. I'm pretty sure it is. Like he had to like pop out of the scrum so quickly to do it and just kind of twisted his leg or whatever in the process of doing that. But it, yeah, it was pretty funny to see. I actually think think Carberry would be a very good NRL player in the halves there. His game would suit their skill set if his defending was slightly better. Just, just to yeah. He's too small for NRL. Well, there's some small players in NRL. Yeah, too. You know, like I would look. He'd definitely be Ireland's best NRL player. He'd be Ireland's best rugby league player if he moved over. Holding me to the future. Yeah, he's a good rugby union player anyway. But just thinking outside Bevan the French, Bevan French isn't that big, is he? He's one of the He's like a probably similar to Joey Carberry in the way he uh, probably is more stocky and stuff, isn't he, Sean Johnson, the, the Sharks half, is who I'm thinking he, he most resembles. One, they were both born in New Zealand. And two, they're kind of nippy without being overly quick at the top speed. Yeah, Bevan French is someone that comes to mind. I just looked up there, he's 86 kilos, probably similar to Joey Carberry. Um, so there, are, there are players like that, but realistically, that's not going to happen. Um, but it's something that kind of Darren you touched upon there, I think, like Carberry is another one of the Leinster players, I think, who's gone like into another province looking to kind of, you know, push their claim farther more and 
and kind of, you know, people are players. And I think, well, I would pose the question to you, Darren, like, is the fact that these players are failing showing just how good a coaching setup that Leinster have and just how kind of poor a job uh, Van Graan has done with the resources he has at his disposal? It, it definitely shows the latter. Like, I think to some of Munster's parts is better than, like, what they put out like with the performance that they had yesterday like I think they like yeah okay we only won by 10 points but that that should have been more than 20 uh, like it was we won in second gear and like when you kind of put the teams up against each other on paper like there shouldn't be that big a difference like like yeah. like with Carberry like it's just it's just putting a like a player who doesn't fit into that system and you're just kind of what's around pegs into square holes comes to mind is that is that the same yeah yeah it's funny how the media narrative changed up but before the match the whole build up was saying this is Munster's best chance we've got a better team on paper than Leinster do now uh, certainly for that game because we were missing quite, you know, quite a few starters and that they, they did, they had a really good team. They guys kind of like, um, like Byrne, Stander, O'Mahony, who are kind of three of Ireland's starting back, like in our, like in our English. Um, they have Murray again, who's Ireland's kind of scrum half. They have Dale Ande in the centre, Will Cupway. They have Conway and Earl, who kind of listen to the Munster fans, according to them, the two best um, wingers in Ireland. They have Haley, who, to be fair, seems to be playing very, very good rugby this year. Um, and like, like you say, Darren, the sum of the parts, it's, it's, they're not doing anything with that talent. And it's, it's not, I, I think if you swapped the coaching ticket and kind of obviously take a bit of time, um, I think you would see a much better monster performance than what you're seeing kind of at, at the moment. Yeah, I'd agree Van Grant, like Van Grant should be going. Like if they lose against Toulouse this weekend... Van Grand should be gone. I hope he isn't, but he should be. It'd be interesting. I'd, would you imagine Raj would come in there yeah, instead? Yeah, potentially. But isn't a guy trying to gun for the, the Irish job? But maybe he'll come back and do Munster. Um, he's 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 at the Irish job, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. You think um, you think he'd need to come back and coach in like at a province before going to Ireland? But who knows? Yeah, you would think so. Shane, I've really enjoyed slating uh, Munster for the last 15-odd minutes or so. Um, but on Lens's performance, were there any kind of things that worried you or concerns going into a big match next week against Toulon? I think, I think the big thing was not getting any injuries. Yet, and, and we avoided that, as far as I remember. Um, I could be wrong. <laughs> but, <laughs> uh, both our tens got injured, Shane. <laughs> yeah, I'm to carry Vernon. Let's go. All gas. How much of the game did you watch? <laughs> I, I'll be honest. I remember. I told Luke before this. I remember less than five minutes again. Like I, I wouldn't even know who scored. Oh God! It's your favorite player. Plant-based diet. <laughs> oh, it was the plant-based diet for a late one. He's proven me wrong. Maybe I need to go vegan. 
Thanks for asking you then, because you're obviously, as, as usual, the most uh, knowledgeable and composed of the three of us. What were some of the kind of highlights of the game from that perspective, and what were some of the kind of concerning points for you ahead of this match against Milan? Uh, the two, the two most concerning aspects of it were our unclinical finishing. Like on another day, if Munster actually had a bit of gumption, they should have been able to come back. Like they should have gone in at half time and been like, "We should be fourteen points down at least," and we're not. Let's like. Let's have it in the second half. Um, so that was a slight worry, but I, I kind of say, yeah, I'd allow for a bit of rustiness after like the Six Nations players coming back in there. So and at least we were showing kind of uh, some flair in attack. My main concern would be at centre now. Rory Lachlan was our worst player by far at the weekend through three horrendous passes. Uh, he thought he was solid enough in defence but didn't have to do much um, and that's that's my main concern like Robbie Henshaw has been playing like flat out for the last what three four weeks now um, and if you're looking forward do you, do you want I don't know do you, if you didn't have the 10 injuries you'd nearly be tempted to rest Henshaw I don't know how close Ring Rose is coming back but you can't really without Auckland's form so you just worry that you'll like like Henshaw will tire eventually, even though he's in like the form of his life at the moment. Um those would be my two areas. I agree on Henshaw. I think it's very harsh on Lockland. I agree with you, he had a very poor game yesterday. But for me, how Lachlan kind of personifies that what we talked about earlier, like the just really solid at the basics of his role. Um and I'm kind of a, a very much a fan of his. I think I think he won't play that badly again, and he'll work his passing this week. I would also say not to justify kind of his passing um, and the blowing of the opportunities, but that was the first time he's ever played with Armour in a game. I found out, which I think is an interesting, really an interesting stat. Yeah, yeah that is really interesting. I think they might have had a game where like uh, Lockham came on the wing, but they've never had a game where uh, Lockham plays in centre, which he does usually for us. And um, Lama plays outside him, so it was a kind of a new relationship. Not that again, I mean, a lot of those passes he was throwing was were kind of you know relatively straightforward. And I noticed as well they were all off his left. I think the ones that he kind of completed so maybe yeah to spend a lot of time um, this week going over that. I think one of the huge positives for me, based again kind of after Saracens last year, was our set piece back to looking really solid. I think Robin McBride's done a great job there. Like no matter what props or hookers we even have on the pitch, our scrum has been very good recently. Um, our mall's been okay; it's been decent, not great, but not not terrible either. Our line has been pretty good this year, so that's that's quite positive. But Darren, I would echo your sentiments around the centre as well. I think Henshaw realistically, like we desperately need a Brexiter uh, if we get to that kind of stage and, and deep Brexiter gets to that stage. Um, so with the fact that Manonu is now more than likely going to be banned for our match next week after getting a ludicrous red card, I almost think this is a match where you maybe take a slight risk and perhaps put somebody like Ross Byrne in a 12 if, if, if Byrne and Sexton are fit. Sorry, just to jump in there, Luke, when you say ludicrous red card, that nearly makes it, makes it sound like it was like a terrible decision. But like, know, oh my right. God, it was like absolutely idiotic what he did. Yeah, he so haven't seen. He basically was running, uh, like to get to a rock, I think, and on the way 
I kind of remember them pushing you much with the uh, with the uh, Leon nine, and Manolo turned around and basically elbowed him in the face as they were and got a red card for it. Um, so yeah, I guess again looking forward to that match against Toulon. Um, I'm sure as soon as you kind of watch so much film today and put so much time into analysing it, you can kind of give us a, a quick rundown of where you think this match against Toulon will be won and lost. Well, and I've said this before, I think not off, not on air, but off air, that one of the big weaknesses we've seen in Leinster performances in the protein is zebra away. And my inside sources tell me that's because they eat too much Italian food before the games. Now, if I'm not mistaken, Toulon's 10 is Carbonell, which sounds like a Carbonara. And I think where we would have to so, how are we going to cook that carbonara from burning us? You know, we need some good chefs in the kitchen to keep it under control. Oh my god! Oh. I know I keep saying it, but that one minute of genius you had really was like that was everything in that one sentence. Um, <laughs> I kind of echo what you were saying there. They're definitely an aging team, but there's definitely players there as well who can kind of, if you're not in your game, punish it. Like the the forwards, like yeah, as you say, Espes, like there's um, Issa, Olivon, uh obviously Prisay's aging there with Tauf, I can't say his name, Tofafafafanua. Um, yeah. He played all right in some of the Six Nations games. Like they're, they're a big, big pack. A couple of Georgian props as well. So like I forgot about Isa actually. He yeah. was playing on Saturday, so I don't know whether he uh he'll be I I well I haven't seen him play since he was in Jaguars to that much, but I used to really, really rate him as a player. Yeah, that, yeah that he's pretty he's he's pretty injury prone, so I, I don't know whether he's out injured at the moment. He could well be. Um but it was, as you say, like our scrums definitely improved this season, but this will be a good test of it as well, coming up against some Georgian props there. They're always decent scrummagers, as I can remember from Bilbao uh, going up with them. I was in the middle of two Jordan props against you and some other tossers, and we absolutely destroyed you in the scrum. Um, probably my proudest moment. Were your feet touching the ground, or were they kind of holding you off the ground <laughs> and pushing you through Yeah, I, I don't think I uh, contributed one bit to our show, but yeah, I'll still claim it. Um, but... Just to add to the Toulon kind of team, they also have like 
a nine or ten in Saran and Carbonell, who can kind of kind of Carbonell saying, yeah, that's it. <laughs> who who on their day like can definitely like play a bit of rugby and two Argentinian wings in Cordero and Delgi as well who can finish so like I'd like to think Lancer will have too much but um, I wouldn't completely discount it but as you said about kind of looking like if you are looking to rest a few players I definitely I think it's worth the risk Um, I'd love if Frawley was was fit to be able to put him on the bench and have the luxury of being able to take Clench off after like 50, 55 minutes if you had the game in the bag. But I think I think Frawley's going for like shoulder surgery after the season. So I don't know how much you can kind of trust his body to stand up to like a physical rugby game. I don't I don't know if we can play Henshaw in this game. Can you play Henshaw, given the amount of physical games he's had, if you're looking to win this too long game, do you not need to have Henshaw fit and fine for that? Who, who do you st- who do you start like at centres? Then is Ringrose got to be fit? I don't know if he's going to be ready. I don't know. I haven't Presuming he's not. Ringrose. Presuming he's not. Who's your like? I know they're trying um, Ross Byrne at centre, and I, yeah, you both fit. I wouldn't have minded that. I don't know if he is a centre, but I wouldn't have minded that for this game to kind of so he could shovel it out, but away from the the fast forwards a bit quicker but with both him and Sexton looking to be carrying Knox now who do you start at centre? Yeah that's why I kind of thinking that if you have Ross Byrne there basically you can do a double pivot and have kind of two tens on that side and really kind of just I think we have to play quite differently to what we played against Munster where it's, we played lots of the forwards against Munster this has to be very quick fast paced run them off their feet get those kind of old big bodies tired. Um, yeah, if, 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 you're, if you're taking away Ross Brown from me, like, it can't be a sex and Ross Brown because of injuries potentially. Um, like people like Jimmy O'Brien are injured as well, aren't they? Kieran uh, Forley's injured, Ringlad is injured. Like, I don't know. I mean, you don't want to do something either where you put somebody like Larmer in a centre. I think he's probably um, a bit low on confidence alone. I think putting him in centre is probably the worst thing to do. Um, maybe, maybe you're right maybe we are stuck with having Henshaw in yeah I just, I just don't see like there's kind of caveats to everyone else that you kind of put forward and kind of reasons why you wouldn't do it as much as you would want to rest Henshaw I don't know I don't know if it's possible it, like Shane who do you think should start in the Josh Murphy Josh Murphy yeah <laughs> no he's he, he's injured I don't know if he'll be Josh back Murphy. What's his injury? Broken hand, is it? No, he's broken nose, and he has something else is gone, is injured as well. I think something else. Something else. I can't remember what it was. Okay. Look, it, it's tough to think today. All right. <laughs> you, had, you had your hands on the fourteen medal last night, New Chain, and look today. Well, look. All I know is I have a Pro fourteen winners medal sitting in my hallway, and you lads don't. Says it all, really. <laughs> that it is actually pretty cool that you got to see that to be fair. Yeah, look, look, it was it was I woke up this morning, I was like, what the hell is that? <laughs> I also didn't know he was over last night and uh barged into my sister's bedroom to try and get her to bring me to McDonald's at two oh. thirty in the morning. <laughs> wait, wait, 
what happened? So I, I came home and I was like, can we go get McDonald's? Because for some reason I thought the McDonald's by me was 24 hours, but it's obviously not because of COVID. But I, two in the morning, like walked in the house, I was like, Lisa, Lisa. And then like, she wasn't, like she didn't answer her phone first of all, at, like 2.30 in the morning before she didn't answer her phone. So then I like walked in to her room, Josh was there. And I was just like, oh shit. Turned around and left. And that was that. There you go. Uh, well, it's I guess that's the risk you run, Shane. You know, living that celebrity lifestyle, rubbing shoulders with the rich and famous. Well, Diane and I are uh, mere plebs. It is what it is. Anyway, moving what on. What's the question? What were we even talking about? We we're talking about I the centre partnership. <laughs> I, don't think a, I don't think there's a name we can actually play because I don't think we have a fit centre in the squad outside Henshaw or Lockton. Yeah. Unless you go something crazy like we just talked about where we put like a winger James and a in quite like oh that would be absolutely disastrous. <laughs> uh, Imagine him defending in the 13 John like oh. Yeah, that would be that would be absolutely hard. I wouldn't be surprised to see James Lowe start though um, this week. Yeah. Um, also, for me, a big shout out actually to Dave Carney. I think Dave Carney for me is the first name on a team sheet uh, when we go to play a team like Exeter. I actually, funny enough, mightn't play him this week against Toulon, but I'd definitely play him if we got to play Exeter the week after. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Is that like an agreement, Shane, or a disagreement? I it's uh, like I've got waffles waiting for me, and I'm I'm getting hungry. <laughs> <laughs> we have done 33 minutes, which is uh, a long a long time for anyone who's listening, probably to to our um, absolute babbling nonsense. Um, okay, Shane, well then maybe. Well, just before we move on from too long, and before we look ahead and maybe some other very quickly look ahead some other kind of last sixteen matches, um, this might shock both of you, but I'm actually quite confident about beating Toulon on Friday. Oh, then we'll lose. Um, I know this is what's worrying. Shane, maybe you might want to back Toulon because I just think, given like looking at Toulon's form in the league, looking at the kind of profile of their squad, they're travelling over here. Are they going to be targeting Europe given they have a battle in the top fourteen? I think they're like seventh or eighth or something like that at the moment. Um, I don't think they'll be kind of, um, you know, there. I think they'll be there for the taking if we can kind of put in a decent performance. But that's uh, that's the most comfortable I've ever been in a match, which is incredibly worrying. <laughs> yeah, that is worrying. So, I'm going to go. Have so, you got a train? Oh, no, I'm still going Leinster. The, my upset for the round is Gloucester to win. Darren, Darren, we're going three for three before we go on to talk about some of the matches. Yeah, I, I think Leinster could win by like 20 plus, like famous last words I know, but like you just need to get a, get away to a quick start against Toulon and their heads will drop and you can pull away and hopefully rest a few players. Agreed, agreed. Okay, we said we could talk about some of the other matches. So Shane, what's your kind of pick of the bunch outside Leinster versus Toulon? Well, I think there's only one. That, of course, is the Exeter Chiefs war chant we're playing in the background there. And that's the pick of the week for me. 
So first of all, shout out to Exeter for having a great little fan experience with books things. I do want to get over there for a game. <laughs> COVID allows. Um, I also want to see how they perform because obviously England didn't have a great Six Nations. Um, and I did think Hill in particular was pretty poor in the second row for them. Um, so it'd be interesting to see how they bounce back. Um, obviously, they have some of the other, like Stuart Hogg from Scotland and Richie Gray as well. So it's not like the whole team is on a, on a downward cycle. But I do want to see what happens and how well they play before a potential uh, semi-final against Leinster. Mm, I think Leon actually could cause a shock there against Exeter. Um, I think it's going to be a good game. I agree with you. Darren, what about you? Any kind of picks of the bunch to, to bring out? Um, I think Bordeaux Bristol could be a class oh, game. Um, if 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 Jalabert is fit, I don't know if he will be. Um, Ryan Randers just back. Uh, he was class against Quinns. I don't know if anyone saw some of his offloads. They're unreal. I think he's the best best rugby player on the planet at the moment. Um, yeah. If he if he can say injury free, oh my god, I'd love to have him in Lancer's team, I think would absolutely like wipe the floor with him in it. Um so I think I think that's gonna be a really close game. Really interested to see how that goes. Um yeah, I I think Ex- Exeter lost to Gloucester there at the weekend, didn't they? Like I said, Gloucester team. But they Gloucester are last in the premiership, like they've been in terrible form this season. <laughs> Yeah, former temporary, last is permanent. Josh Adams and Luke Zavitt have rediscovered their form playing for Wales, and they're going to bring it back to the club game. Well, Gloucester, Gloucester are going to surprise people. I'm telling you. Yeah, good to see how they go. I think another one for me. I think Wasps could very easily turn over Clermont. Um, in that match, Wasps are at home. That could be a high scoring one. It could be. Could be. I expect that to be entertaining. I could see them winning against Claremont there. I think that's on the Saturday um, kind of lunchtime and another game we haven't talked about yet is Munster to lose on afterwards. So I think if Munster lose to lose, I'd want Wasps to win. But if Munster are going to win that match, then I'd want Claremont to win. I think it's a harder place to go for Munster. Um, so yeah, I think the problem as well is if we lose if we lose too long, on, we have, we're a match at Friday at half five. So if we lose that match, the whole weekend of rugby is basically ruined. I'm not going to watch any of it. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm potentially, uh, if restrictions allow, um, I'm going down to Leash uh, on the Friday. So at least if we've lost, I'll be able to shut myself out of all results. Yeah, I'm going to be up in Ulster because I have to bring my other half up for a, a medical appointment. So. <laughs> I actually do have to go up and I'm missing my mum's birthday <laughs> I, I have to do crucial farming activity in Leith and that even if the restrictions aren't used is why I have to go <laughs> <laughs> that should be the farming you, activity like <laughs> oh, um, so on that I suppose wrapping up then so Shane can get to his waffles um, like the French players in the Six Nations. Um, <laughs> on that Munster to lose match, is there any chance Munster uh, turned to lose over after kind of the emotional drain they've experienced this week? Who was that too, sorry? 
that was to the floor. That was to the floor. I will jump. I will jump in and uh, quash that awkward silence. So, I I wouldn't be surprised if they do. Like, like I think the way to lose play will suit like Munster to play more than it suits them to play Leinster. If that makes sense. Um, yeah, I think like they could. They, they could match up with the Fords in that game. Uh, O'Mahony probably won't play, which is another good thing for them. Um, Ty, and it, like Ty Byrne won't be as like man marked as he will for Lancer. So like my theory about Ty Byrne is that like you said he was found out at this lap, but like he he was one of our best players in the Six Nations. I I, I you'll probably deny that Luke because you have like no, you're no. wildly against him, but. I think going forward now, his card will have been marked and um, countries will be kind of aware of what he can do. Whereas Leinster have been aware of that for, for years. Like remember when Will Connors wore that blue scrum cap in training and got absolutely pounded just because they're ready for what Byrne can do. We we can kind of negate what Byrne brings to the table. And I don't think Toulouse will have bothered doing that kind of research. So... I think they can have a bit more kind of uh, get a bit more out of that game and potentially win it. Um, interesting. Would you rather face, say we managed to get through the next few rounds, would you rather play Toulouse or Munster in the semi-final? Munster. Like, that's purely because you could not bear losing to Munster, yeah. right? Yeah. 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 I, I actually think as well in a funny way, when it gets to that late stage in the tournament, the way to lose play might suit us a bit better as well, give us more space and stuff. I think, like, eventually, like, okay, this game was 16 6, and it was a, it was a much bigger gap of scoring chess. But all our games against Munster are so tight we can make in the end. Eventually, Munster will win one of those tight games. Whereas if it's more of like a, I don't know, I'm probably talking actually complete shit, to be honest. I just really don't want to lose to Munster. Yeah. <laughs> I think the thing is, I really want to lose to be Munster this weekend. Um, especially if Munster can go to go to Washington in the quarterfinal. But I can't see Munster playing four knockouts in a row and not losing to one of the teams that are in the tournament who are kind of, there's, there's a lot of teams who are superior to them at the moment. Yeah, fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Oh, are there any other games to, to quiet or will we let Shane get to his waffles? Do we have any fan mail this week? We have no fan mail. No fan mail. Um, I'm sure after our performance this week that... Well, yeah, we'll, we'll be back again next week. So, like, well, provided Leinster win, that is. We'll be back again next week. So be sure to get your questions in. Um, well, call me Gauthier because I'm going to get my waffles, boys. Yeah, we've done enough waffling. Well, I think kind of leaving, I'll do the outro. So, you know, you can contact us by email, blah, blah, rugby at gmail.com, uh, blah, with an H, um, or by phone number to any of the three members. We'll be sure to get your questions on air. Uh, all that remains is for me to thank Actually, wait, can uh, I give one more shout out? Sorry, sorry to inter- interrupt you. Can I just give a shout out to Michael Bent uh, for being like an absolute like legend I think he should have been pushing for the Six Nations squad this year I thought Luke McGrath was class as captain to let him kind of like he was captain yesterday let him lift the trophy uh, 57 players played in the pro, in a shortened Pro 14 season by Leinster I think that's a kind of 
paints to like their strength and depth, even though the one problem position we have at centre is unfortunately where we're seeing some injuries. But yeah, just Devin Toner as well. Big shout out to the big man. Yeah, I think that's very fair. I, I yeah, probably should have called out as being so well well said, Darren. Um beautiful message to, to leave on. Um so all that remains, I guess, thank you for your time, Darren. Thanks, Shane, who's now run off and not in the phone call anymore because he's gone to go to his waffles. Um and to wish Toulouse and Leinster the best of luck next week in their Champions Cup matches. Come on, you boys in place. <laughs>